Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Harry Simu. This show is brought to you by tvsportsblog.com. And on this very special edition of the debate, we're going to be talking through our Premier League teams of the decade. We're going to try and come to some sort of agreement, which isn't going to be easy knowing these two brilliant guys joining me uh, live is uh, Dan DeLuca. Dan, how you doing? Yeah, very good. Just recovering from the Christmas blues, Harry. Yeah, I know the feeling. I know. Well, not really blues with us, but, you know, it's Christmas and the routine goes out the window and all of a sudden you find yourself having to gear yourself back up for work. It's not easy, is it? Alavi, how you doing, mate? I'm good, my friend. I'm good, yeah. Back in the office tomorrow, so been asked to listen to this on the, uh, on the way in. Good, good. I'm sure... Uh, well, it will be out in the morning. Hopefully people will enjoy it and hopefully people will agree with our teams. Don't forget this podcast is brought to you by tvsportsblog.com, um, our partners, and it will be available on that website too. So please, please do check it out. Right. We're going to be running through our Premier League teams of the decade. There will no doubt be disagreements. Um I will, of course, try and squeeze an Arsenal player in there. I'm sure Dan will try and squeeze a Spurs player in there. And I'm sure Alavi will try and squeeze a Man United player in there because uh, despite what he says, he's a closet Man United <laughs> fan. Let's start with the goalkeeping position. Um, Alavi, who did you have as your goalkeeper and why? I'm, I'm not in this as any sort of bias. If anyone doesn't have David De Gea as a goalkeeper, we can just hang up now and just do, do another topic. So you go with David De Gea. It's the, it's the obvious choice. I, I don't need to justify it. De Luca, uh, who have you gone with and why? Yeah, well, I've gone for De Gea as well. So we, I was going to accuse Alavi of getting the United player in early. But um, for me, he's been the standout keeper in terms of ability for, for a period of time. And I know he's, he's dropping off a little bit now over the last season or two. But, you know, we've had a couple of seasons where he's played months where he's been completely unbeatable. And you don't see that very often in a goalkeeper. Agreed. I, I've got to admit, I had uh, David De Gea as well. As much as it pains me to put any Manchester United or Spurs players in there, sometimes you have to hold your hands up and sometimes you have to do it. Um, so that is our goalkeeper for our Premier League team of the decade. That was easy, um, but I'm sure it's not going to be that easy all the way along. Um, Alavi, let's move on to your back four. Do you want to quickly name your back four and then I'm going to throw some challenges out there at you? Yeah, I've gone Van Dyke as the best centre-back the league's ever seen. So he's automatically in there. I've gone with Vidic alongside wait, wait, wait. him. You think he's the best centre-back the league has ever seen? Yeah, yeah. He's he's the best centre-back I have seen, no joke, since Baresi and Maldini were there <laughs> together. Honestly. Does he not Does he not need to win something first? Uh, as in the league? Well, he's won the Champions League and he's about to win the league. He's won the, the league, hasn't he? I, 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 come on. I've, come on, let's be honest. We've all got me in our team. If If you don't, I've never seen a I've never seen a defender without a weakness for this long Did in it? my life. It's unbelievable. And I've gone Vidic next to him, and then either side I've gone Ivanovic and Evra. So that's three okay. many. That's three many I play so far. <laughs> that's sixty. sixty percent. Sixty percent of your backline. It's incredible. Deluca, who have you gone with as a backline? Um, so I've gone for uh, Virgil Van Dijk as well, just because he's he's brilliant. And I was trying to find reasons not to put him in, and I didn't think that was fair to try and find reasons not to put someone in. So in the end, he's gone in. Um, then I've gone for Company next to him. I think Company is the standout centre half of the decade um, in terms of longevity, in terms of what he's done, big goals, leaders, and 
I've I've seen your teams, and obviously my team would win um, against both of those teams because he's got a bit of everything in it. He's got leadership, he's got balance, and we'll come to that a bit later. But company's the leader at the back there. Um, he's popped up when his teams needed him twice to win titles. Um, defensively, he's fantastic. He's he's formed various different partnerships at centre half, and he's just a fantastic footballer. So company's gone in there. And then the fullbacks. My fullbacks are probably a bit strange to some people, but in an era where fullbacks have been so important, I struggle to find fullbacks. Yeah, with. it was the it was the hardest one, wasn't it? It, it really yeah, well, was. There's it shows so many... how good like Ashley Cole was and Gary Neville. Yeah, there's so many good fullbacks. Like you know, Rose had a couple of good seasons. Walker has had a couple. Trent Alexander Arnold Robinson Robertson really good now. Um, going back further, you know, Bakary Sangia was a decent fullback. His best years were probably in the decade before. But I really struggled to find fullbacks with like longevity as well. Um, so I went for Ivanovic just because he had absolutely everything. Um, could get forward. He was very underrated going forward just because he was so defensively solid. And I don't think you get that out often in fullbacks nowadays. You you have to sacrifice a bit of one with the other, but he had both. Um, and on the other side, probably the weakest player in my team is I've gone for Kolarov. Um, for the same reasons, again, I think because he was defensively solid, people underappreciated what he did going forward. And he was a mainstay in Manchester City for a good few seasons. He he ousted players like Gal Clichy from the squad and um, a couple of other good left-backs fell by the wayside. And he was only thrown out when Pep turned up and started to get rid of a couple of players who, you know, couldn't do the whole tick-attacker thing, which, which was fair enough. But looking at Manchester City, left-back-wise, is not their strongest position. And, you know, I, I don't think they've necessarily improved in that area. So he's probably the player in my squad where people will look at and say, what have you seen there? But I just think he had the ability to go forward and defend in equal measures. And same with a right back. So that's why he's gone in there. Okay, so we've gone, you guys have gone through your back fours. I'm going to go through mine. Mine is Ivanovic, Company, Van Dyke, Kolarov. Um, so there are a couple of uh, contenders. There are a couple the same, it is, but there are a couple of contentious points, of course, between ourselves and Alavi, um, which we're going to touch on in a moment. But I've gone with Ivanovic, not because I think he was necessarily the best right back of the decade, but purely because I couldn't think of anybody else who'd done it to such a consistent level. And yeah. the fact that he wasn't a right back naturally for me makes it even more impressive that he was so good for such a long period of time. Such a key player to Chelsea um, during a, a great deal of their successes. But we've me and Deluca have gone company Van Dyke. Alavi's gone Vidic, Van Dyke. Alavi, do you want to make a, a case for Nemanja Vidic before we have the deciding vote on that one? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll probably I'll do Ever as well because obviously I've gone Ever rather than Collor against yep, yep. you two as well. So with Vidic, I just feel that he was simply a better defender. And if you look at the number of games that um, company paid between say the 2015 season where he got a lot of abuse by the way for a couple of years. And, and now he, he played less than half the games of the Premier League. He was permanently injured. I feel that he had this whole aura about him that it was a true blue and, you know, he could carry the ball out of defence and, you know, pop up with the odd goal. Actually, his goal to games ratio, if you look at it, was worse than Nemanja Vidic's. So I think that a lot of his attributes, Van Dijk has them anyway. So what I want next to him is someone who's just an absolute savage. Someone Sorry. who won two league Placed. titles. Somebody plays for Man United. Somebody plays for Man United. <laughs> someone who was a savage. <laughs> someone who's uncompromising. You cannot tell me. I mean, 
you look at a lot of websites and levels of Vidic is above both of Van Dyke and um, uh, company. The, the other thing, I just think that the whole nice guy thing about company actually um, mirrored a lot of his mistakes. You know, I remember particular ones against Watford and other ones where he's just, he's just a bit slow at times, his lack of pace. He's getting beaten the same, and and, I, and it's probably a good um, time to go on to why I put Everett above um, Collar Resort. He came from, was it Lazio, with this, you know, um, reputation of someone who could score from, you know, score from anywhere and, and could beat defenders for fun. Actually, he wasn't, he, he wasn't an adept fullback at, at times defensively. He couldn't go past players like Evra did. He didn't have the engine Evra did. He had a wonder of a left foot. I'll give him that. I think he only ended up scoring 10, 11 goals in his whole time there. So he didn't do the one thing that everyone thought he would end up going to do. He, he Again, he was slow. He was slower than Evra. So when I look at the attributes, I can't see why Evra has... It would not go... Despite the number of seasons he played, would not go above Kolarov. Um, um, but that's just my opinion. I that's the one I'm probably I'm probably stronger that I can sort of, I would have to concede the company one because of the longevity against Vidic, even though Vidic won, you know, player of a season um and, and two league titles. I'm willing to concede that. I do think Evra, if you look around, got a lot more votes. Okay, let's 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 compare let's compare the two players. Let's let's have a quick okay. look. So Alexander Kolarov. Um, let's look at his honours with Manchester City. Let me bring that up on the screen for those of you who are watching us live on YouTube. A big hello, of course, to those who are listening back on the audio as well. Alexander Kolarov. Um, right, let's have a look at his uh, Premier League honours. He won the title twice in 2012 and 2014 uh, with Manchester City. Um, I know Alavi's mentioned yeah, the goal return. Alavi's mentioned the goal return. Manchester City, he played 247 games for the club and he scored 21 goals. But more importantly than that, he provided 37 assists. That is an incredible return for a fullback, is it not? If you combine those two numbers, that's what? 58 direct goal contributions out of 247 games. He, he was also a player that Mancini would, you know, sub and um, prefer Gal Clichy in, in big games. Just remember that Gal Clichy in the big games, Mancini was bringing him in instead. Interesting, interesting. Let's have a look at Patrice Evers then, in the interest of fairness, uh, before we decide our casting vote on that. Um, let me bring his details up on the screen as well. So, Patrice Evra, um, of course, formerly of Manchester United, he won five. English titles with Manchester United, but of course, only two of them in this decade. So that's what we're looking at. We're looking at the team of the decade. If we look at his stats uh, by the club, Patrice Evra, 379 appearances for Manchester United, 50 direct gold contributions. I know we're talking about feel, defenders. Can you, can you filter that by decade, that stuff there? Uh, you cannot, I, don't I think. Because think. I think the reason I shied away from Evra is I felt he tailed off a bit, similar to a couple of other players who I had to discount, you know, their best years, even like Vidic, their best years was like 2008, 2009, 2010. So my criteria was have they had a few good seasons? And I do think that sometimes if a player goes on or even before, that shows what a great player they were or they were later in that decade, maybe outside of the Premier League. But can that not substantiate 
the talent that they had in those prime years. Well, just a couple of live comments coming through as well. Um, Archie disagrees with our decision of Dan De Gea. Uh, he, uh, Dan De Gea. Uh, David De Gea. I've got Dan on the on the screen and I'm saying Dan De Gea. Um, David De Gea. But Archie says that Petr Cech would have got in there for him. And Matt Hales, interestingly, says company is the most <gasps> overrated yeah, defender. No, no, I'm with that and, one. And so injury prone. There you go. Interesting stuff. Um, right. So we're going to let's vote on the centre backs. I'm sticking with Vincent Company um, for me. So I'm, I'm going with that. Um, Dan, I assume you're not going to change your mind. No, it's not like Vidic is a, is a good player. There's, there's no issue with Vidic being like considered. But Lavi made a point there about you know pace and all that sort of stuff. Like I can remember games off the top of my head where Vidic should have been absolutely destroyed for pace. I can't remember. I can't remember Vincent Company being destroyed at his prime. Like I remember Fernando Torres going to Old Trafford and having an absolute party, and with Vidic falling over trying to like cling onto his heels. So. You know, I just don't think the reasons that the reasons stack up and, you know, you think of, you've got to factor in big moments, like massive, huge moments. And Vincent Company's been a part of a few of those as well. So there's not been enough of a case made for me to change my mind there. I'm, I'm happy to concede Company for the longevity. And also, in, fa in fairness. Also, <coughs> when you look at, you look at the, uh, the statistics in the honours list, Vincent Company, four Premier League titles in this decade. That's, that's impressive, is it not? Yeah, I mean, how many was he injured for? Most of them. <laughs> okay, I so just think if you look, if you look player for player, I think there's a bigger difference between Evra and Kolar in terms of actual ability than there is between Vidic and company. Would you not enough. agree with that? Yeah, I, I guess I can see where you're yeah. coming from. I, I'm gonna go right. Basically, we voted for company in the center of the defense alongside Van Dyke. Now the everything, Alavi. Are you going to really put your foot down on this? Because I'm not completely against Patrice Evra, if I'm honest. I, I would go Collar yeah. but I'm not totally against it. So I guess I'm going to leave it to you guys to have a quick debate and we'll decide from there. De Luca, make your final case. I think De Luca's final case was that he put him as the weakest player in his team by some way. Yeah, yeah, he's the, weak, he's the weakest player in my team. Um, are, we ha are we happy to go for Evra? I'll let you. I'll let you have. I'll let you have Everise as the final shout. In the sense that, you know, I wasn't one hundred percent sure about Kolarov, and the only reason that he got the nod was because of the the extra years, um, the extra years yeah. in a decade. But there are other players in my team later on who perhaps have only played two or three years in a decade as well. And Van Dijk has only played two or three, so I guess I'm giving Van Dijk the nod after exactly you know, two, two or three good years in a decade. But that's because the years have been exceptional, and perhaps Kolarovs don't stack up to that. So I let that I let that one go. But I'm not he's going to let it go. He's going to let happy. it go. Patrice Evra, it is at left back. So to recap, so far, David De Gea in goal uh, for our Premier League team of the decade. A back four of Branislav Ivanovic, Virgil Van Dijk, Vincent Company, and Patrice Evra. Now moving on to the midfield, Dan, you can go first this time. What was your midfield? Um, let us know, and then I, I will throw some challenges your way. Okay, so it's N'Golo Kante. Um, obviously, look at the formation you've got on the screen. That's the formation my team's in, and that's pretty important. So there's a lot of players who've been sacrificed because of that. That can change, by the way. That can change, by the way. I can drag them wherever I want. <laughs> Whoa. It's like it's just like having Gary Neville. 
all these little gadgets. <laughs> so, worst, li- worst looking. So I want a defensive midfielder, and you've got Angolo Kante, who has won the league with two different two different clubs consecutively, and was the linchpin both seasons, allowing the players in front of him to play. So Angolo Kante for me is an absolute no brainer. There's been no defensive midfielder this decade that, that comes close to what he's done and what he's achieved and how he's lifted lifted the teams around, the teams and the players around him. So that's a no brainer for me. Um, and then next to him, I had Yaya Torre in the middle because um, I would say the two of those accompany each other really, really well. And Yaya Torre had absolutely everything box to box, and he drove the Manchester City re- um, revolution. Um, he was at the heart of everything they did for for six, seven, eight years, and he could score, he could pass, he could tackle, he could run, um, and the two of them hand in hand is about as unstoppable as it gets. Very important as well, Yaya Toure, because he was, wasn't he, the catalyst for Manchester City being, uh, you know, pushing on to that next level, becoming title winners. Almost he was kind of the player that gave them that boost that took them to that next level because they were there or thereabouts. But Yaya Toure, for me, was a huge catalyst in that. So for me, I I agree with you there. Uh, What have you got for the rest of your midfield, Dan? Um, Right, so going forward then, I've got um, on the left, it would be Gareth Bale. Um, in the middle, it would be Eden Hazard, and on the right, it would be David Silva. They're obviously inter- interchangeable, um, the last two of those. Um, you've got absolutely everything covered there, haven't you? You've got power and athleticism of Bow, the ability to crack in goals from 30 yards every single week that I've never seen before or since with such consistency. He's an absolute no-brainer of a selection for me. Um, there was a reason when he left the Premier League, it was for a world record fee. There's no, there's no two ways about that. Um, Eden Hazard, despite having a couple of bad seasons in and amongst it, when he was at his peak, he was absolutely unplayable, unstoppable, and he could do what he wanted. Um, so I think mean, he had to be in there. Um, and then David Silver again for, for for similar reasons. Just every season, year in year out, knowing what he's going to do, and you can't stop him. Um, and no, I'd say David Silva probably changed number 10s in this country. You know, he, he was the first one of the super number 10s. Maybe him and Matt are at a similar time. But Silva I, haven't seen, I haven't seen a team without David Silva yet. Honestly. Yeah, I just I just think, you know, it, for a decade, he, he's done it for the entire decade relentlessly. Exactly. Um, so that that's my three there. And obviously, to match my formation, I've gone for three players who can actually play those positions. So I don't know what everyone else has done, but I know when people do these things around the country, they have a tendency to squeeze players in. Um, <laughs> but if you look at that five there, you know they're all in their right positions. They they're all doing they're all doing the job they'd be asked to do, and they could all turn up. So obviously, you've had to leave players like Kevin De Bruyne out, so that Yaya Torre can provide that balance. It doesn't mean Kevin De Bruyne probably on his days is a, is a better player, but. Um, and there's obviously a couple of other high-profile misses as a result of that. But that's my that's my five. Alavi, let's have yours. So I've gone for a four, which is uh, David Silva. Uh, so I'll do the one same as Dan. David Silva and Kante. Don't need to. I don't think I need. And Hazard, sorry. So I don't need to explain those three. The one different one it was I've put Modric in. Uh, Modric uh, is probably my favourite midfielder. Um, and the reason that he got the nod over uh, Bale and also Kevin De Bruyne, even though I think Kevin De Bruyne could potentially end up being one of one of the best, or if not the best midfielder the Premier League has seen. The reason I've put Modric in is just I feel that he was the complete player. I feel that he's he had 
everything everyone else has got in terms of vision, um, in terms of his passing. But what people underrate about Modric is his ability defensively. He will near with, you know, 100% certainty, always spend the entire 90 minutes behind the ball, available to receive a pass, shuttle cross, close down passing lanes. And he reminded me of the former Barcelona and, and Villarreal and, and Boca Junior player Raquel May, but with defensive um, ability. I've never seen anyone that complete, you know, Silva Silva has the vision and Hazard has the dribbling ability um, and, you know, Kante can break up a defence, but Modric is the first one that uh, that can do everything. Deep, deep passing, clipping short-range crosses. He won a Ballon d'Or, don't forget, you know. I just, for me, he was just incredible and, you know, look at what he's gone on to do since. So, that's my four. Um, Balen, KDB were, were were very close, but that's my four. So only one different to uh, to Dan, and, and I can't really argue with the same re- the reasons that um, Dan has given for Hazard, Kante, and um, uh, David Silva. Okay, interesting. I- I'm surprised that you left Yaya Toure out. Um, you've mentioned that Kevin De Bruyne came very close to making the cut. I would probably argue that Kevin De Bruyne is a more complete player than Luka Modric. Yeah. I'd say that Luka Modric um, upped it a notch when he went to Real Madrid. So for that reason, you know, I, don't get me wrong, I rate Luka Modric. I think he's a fantastic footballer. But I think we saw the best of Luka Modric when he moved on. It's no disrespect to Tottenham, but he was playing against, uh, with better players week in, week out. Um, went on to achieve multiple Champions League wins, which for me is what, uh, cemented uh, Luka Modric's place in the in the history of football and is what ultimately won Luka Modric that Ballon d'Or. What he done with Real Madrid and of course uh, you know the performances with Croatia as well. So for that reason, um, I wouldn't put Luka Modric in there because I think his better days were later on in his career. Dan will probably disagree, um, but that's how I feel on that. We've spoken a lot about Kevin De Bruyne just missing out. For me, another player who was in there with a shot is Alexis Sanchez, and I would say that. During his time at Arsenal, Alexis Sanchez was in the top three players in the league um, in terms of the impact he could have on a game of football by himself. Um, but my, I've gone with a three. I've gone with Yaya Toure. I've gone with Kante and I've gone with Silva. So all of those match. So are we agreed that um, N'Golo yeah, Kante goes I'll, in there? I'll concede, I'll concede Toure. I'll concede, I'll concede the, um, the validity of his call. Okay, so we're going with Kante in there. We're going to go with Yaya Toure because it's two out of three there on that one. So he will, of course, sit alongside him. David Silva, we all agree on? Is that right? Cool. He was first name in. David Silva was the first name in. Now, in the wider positions, um, we've got a bit of a a, a disagreement here. Now, uh, give uh, you guys have spoken about Eden Hazard. DeLuca, remind me, did you put Eden Hazard in there? Yeah, yeah, he put Hazard in there. Okay, he, we've lost his audio for a moment. Uh, don't know. Who why. did you? Well, go yeah, I'd, have, I'd have Hazard on the right and Bale on the left. Who did you go? Hazard on the right. So for me, and this, I changed my team last minute here. So we've got, we've all got Hazard in there, right? So we're going to put Hazard in there um, on the right hand side. I wanted to put Luis Suarez in there, push him a little further forward. I wanted to go with Luis Suarez. Um, that's just kind of uh, my opinion. Suarez over Hazard, maybe. But are both of you sticking with Hazard? Are we going to stick with Hazard on the, on the wide uh, position? Uh, uh, I've got 
I'm happy to sit with Hazard. I have got Suarez as the one I'm not willing to sacrifice in my. I think he's Suarez is the best striker in the league that the league's ever seen. Okay, so so, so let's all right. So let's move forward then. So let's put Hazard in that wide position. We're into formation. We're into formation territory now, aren't we? Yeah. Because have you got one forward and it's yeah. Suarez? No, I've got Suarez and Aguero. So you've got two forwards. Yeah. Okay, well, so we're going to have one of those two. Are you trying to fit in? We're going to have to battle it out. One, fit more in. If I had to only pick one, I'd pick Suarez. So you've Over got 4 4 2. 4 4 yeah. 2. Have you got Mike yeah. Bassett as manager? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you cannot well, tell quite... me Suarez, Suarez, who scored all the, you won Golden Boot with that rubbish Liverpool side. He's got everything Aguero has, but he's got better assists. The guy was a machine. We, Kevin Phillips seen... won golden. Kevin Phillips oh, won the on. golden boot for Sunderland. Come on, you right? cannot tell me. I mean, Harry and I both get Suarez in, so you might be missing out here. Okay, hold on, hold on. So we've we've both got we've all got these three in the middle of the park. We've got Kante, David Silva, Yaya Toure. Let's well, make I it conceded, a f- but yeah, yeah. Let's let's make it yeah. a front three for the sake of the debate. Um, okay. So we've got. Eden Hazard is in there. Now, we've got two positions to argue over now. The candidates are Sergio Aguero, um, Luis Suarez. I want to throw Robin Van Persie into the mix. I'm going to throw Robin Van Persie into the mix. This isn't a joke show. It's Um, 23 minutes. 23 minutes. My two would be be Suarez and Aguero. But if you're making me choose one, I'd choose Suarez. Okay, so Suarez and Aguero. De Luca... Are you agreeing with that, Suarez and Aguero? Or have you got something yeah, different so think, in mind? So obviously, I've got one forward at the minute, haven't I? So it's got to be Aguero for me over the course of the decade. Like no one scored more goals than Aguero in the decade. No one's won more won more titles than Aguero in the decade. No one's done more stuff. Suarez is an outstanding striker. If I had, you know, a, a, obviously I've gone for a who is a better the, player? Who is a better player? Yeah, but you, you're asking for the team of the decade. But I need uh, who's a better formation. player? Right? I'm asking who's a better player. Um, probably Suarez, but over their time in the Premier League, you know, for the same reasons Harry like dismissed Modric over their time in the Premier League, it's hard to make a case to say Suarez's Premier League ten years in the Premier League has been better than Aguero's. So obviously, it's a team of this decade. So I wanted to pick a formation that has existed in this decade instead of like going back to the eighties and you know <laughs> having a couple having a couple of wingers and you know so. You know, if you're asking me to do four four two, then I'd have Aguero and Suarez there. But obviously, you know, I've gone for the four two three one. So Aguero for me, it's if there's one striker, it has to be Aguero. Um, Suarez would be obviously very high up on the list, and obviously I wouldn't consider Van Persie. There's a lot. I mean, Van Persie is. I don't know if that's a joke one or you know that's about as useful as Harry Kane on countdown. That I mean, that's <laughs> best best goal I've ever seen. Robin Van Persie, <laughs> but. In, but no way, team of a decade. I think obviously, you know, I don't. I know we're going out to chronicles, and I think, I think with Van Persie here, we're in a place where you're putting him in based on what he's meant to you over the decade. And if you look at a team from two decades ago, it'd have been littered with Arsenal players. And this decade, you're obviously trying to find the best one. And yeah, he's been the best Arsenal player. He had one season that was spectacular, but you know, Luis Suarez had a spectacular season that was probably better. Um, probably better than Van Persie's and then he had an extra season on top of that I know Van Persie won a title we had to go away to do that Gareth Bale had a season that was probably more spectacular um, I don't know there's not enough ground there for me 
You know, we're talking well, about an exceptional, Harry, fantastic did have, Harry, did you have Aguero? I did. I did have. So then, so then it makes sense for us to have Hazard, Aguero and Suarez up front. It does, but I just wanted to throw the name of Van Persie in there because I think Van Persie single-handedly, in my opinion, dragged Arsenal into the Champions League for a couple of seasons. Um, and then, of course, he went to Man United and, and made the difference in them winning the title. Now, you could talk about um, <coughs> Luis Suarez. You could talk about longevity. How long was Luis Suarez in the Premier League for? Four seasons? Is that right? Yeah, three, three, three 2014, 2013, 2014. He signed in January, He's didn't he? Better to let him go because he scored too many goals. So that, uh, well, we can't, can't have this every week. So oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, I think, like, let's look at uh, so let's look at the Manchester United thing. Let's let's go with Van Persie as, as a debate. Over the oh, typical the Harry picking a Man United player. Yeah, but what we're saying <laughs> is that we got, we're going for Van Persie. So are we really saying that even in a decade he's been better than Wayne Rooney? It's a really hard claim, I think. No, you know, I, I, I'm, I think I'm if willing... we put Hazard, Aguero and Suarez in there, we've each conceded two players overall. I'm happy to concede there because I think that you know, you guys, the, the players that you guys have got are are exceptional. Um, I agreed with Aguero. Um, I had Suarez over Hazard in, in the end. Um, but again, you know, if we can fit them both in, then that's great. Are we agreed now? This is the team on the screen, guys. So just to recap, yeah. David De Gea in goal, a back four of Branislav Ivanovic, Virgil van Dijk, Vincent Kompany and Patrice Evra, a midfield trio of Yaya Toure, Angolo Kante and David Silva with Suarez, Hazard and Aguero up front. Are you guys okay with that? That's not bad, is it? I think it'd win a lot of football matches, Harry. To be fair, can you just push? Can you just push Silver up a little bit, just to make me feel a little bit better? Move him. All right, here we go. There you go. Can you take? Can you bring company down, like just past the hair, onto the onto the goal line? Yes. There you go. So that's our team, our Premier League team of the decade. It was quite a, a polite debate, actually. I thought it was going to get a little bit more heated than well, that. Well, I was just waiting for um, Harry Kane to come in, so I had a whole speech prepared. But, <laughs> but there, there's some there's some live comments that have been coming through uh, while we're watching, uh, while we're streaming. Sorry for the, from those that are watching. Um, Chris Knight makes a good point, and this is a very very good point. And I, I, I've got to be honest, I didn't really think about this. Kante over Fernandinho. Are you having a bubble? Fernandinho ah, so no, no, has to be that. That's a good point. This is exactly why company didn't go on my side because he had people like Fernandinho in front of him. He had people um, like other great Torre in front of him. Okay, like Vidic didn't have that in those three four years at Man United in that decade. That's so, a good point. Give Chris Knight a knighthood. No, so I, I <laughs> thought about I thought about Fernandinho. Um, I did think about Fernandinho, but then I thought with well, this way as well. He's obviously a fantastic defensive midfielder. But let's think, there's two things here. Yeah? We've got supposedly the best manager who's ever walked the planet who would rather play him at centre-half than in his own position. So let's, let's, let's acknowledge that for a sec. You've got Kante, who has won the league back-to-back with two different clubs. I mean, he can't stack up. Can I think that's he a little can't... bit unfair though, Dan. I think that Pep Guardiola's no, decision... instead of Torre. That's what he's saying, surely. No, he he's said Fernandino instead of Kante. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I'll take back my comment, Chris. But 
uh, surely you've got to be fair here because Pe- you're talking about Pep Guardiola choosing to play him out of position. <coughs> that is more a reflection of how bad Manchester City centre-halves are than it is of Fernandinho. It's not because Fernandinho is a bad midfielder that he's been played in the centre of defence at the moment. That is because Pep Guardiola does not trust the likes of John Stones and Nicolas Ontamendi. Come on, man. It's not, it's not oh, I've never, it's I've not never seen... Time. I've never seen Kante play centre-half. Never never seen it. So is that what you're basing it on? Just purely because Kante hasn't played centre-half? No, I'm basing it because Kante, Kante he, he was part of Leicester's title-winning side. And then the next season, he went to Chelsea. And they finished fifth the year before. It's not like Mares, who went to Man City, were winning the league anyway. And then he sat on the bench and watched them win it again and took another medal. You know, we're talking about a player who won back-to-back titles with two different clubs. And was the figurehead that the teams are built around. I, I can't leave him out. Like, I'm not saying Fernandinho is a bad footballer. I think, you know, it's the same as up front, you start slotting people in. If we had a team that had four or five defensive midfielders in, obviously you'd throw him in there. But, you know, if he said to, if he said to me, you know, instead of Yaya Torre, it's, a, it's, a, it's probably a better question. Like, in terms of defensive midfielders, Kante has yeah, to be, exactly. the, outsta- has to be the outstanding yeah. one for me. And the Ayatori goes in there because of the box-to-box element. When we look at Fernandinho, what does he really do? He breaks up the play very, very well and then passes it to someone brilliant, which is fundamentally the the principles of, of a good defensive midfielder. That's all he needs to do. But Kante can do more than that. The Ayatori can do more than that. Um, there's, you know, Patrick Vieira, a decade before, could do more than that. Petit, you know, Roy Keane... I don't think Fernandinho is is quite as good as everyone makes out. Okay, interesting stuff. We've gone with Kante anyway. That's what we're going to go with. Um, those of you who are watching us live at the moment seem to agree as well. Uh, Sporting Lions says Kante all day and Archie says Kante for sure. There you go. It's settled then. This is our Premier League team of the decade. Uh, a big thank you to those of you who are tuned in live. And of course, to those who are listening back on the audio, don't forget to subscribe, like, you know the draw by now. And if you're listening via iTunes, please, please do leave us a review. My thanks to Dan DeLuca and, of course, to Simon Alavi. Going to leave you with a quick message from our sponsors. And we'll be back next week with some more content. Until then, take care.